Music so hot, you gotta listen naked. What up, what up, what up, y'all? I am your host, Young Smooth, and you are tuned into another episode of Kicking It with Young Smooth, the podcast where I talk about all the shit that I want to talk about. And I know I got some explaining. Lucy, you got some explaining the door. I got explaining the door, and I'm definitely going to explain as this show goes on. Um, Real quick. Don't forget that you can find me at SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Music, now YouTube Music, your Google Podcast Player, your Purple Podcast Player for anyone who is on, um, I want to say, yeah, on Apple, uh, Spotify, and YouTube. Don't forget about the show. 
on YouTube. We've had some amazing guests. I've had Doc from Billa World in Montego. I've had Uptown Trigger while I was gone. Um, I've had the dude Vigilante, Travis, Case. I mean, the list just goes on and on and there were so many. So make sure you like, share, and subscribe as you should. Okay. Um, so let's see where to begin. Okay. So before I get into the kick that lyric, let me go over why I've had such a hiatus because it has been quite a minute. Like you guys have not gotten an episode since like March and it's May and it's like the 12th of May. So I ain't even start off at the top, which is literally a thing. Um, first and foremost, within the, in the first couple of situations, um, I am fully vaccinated right now, um, as we are still in the midst of the pandemic, um, people, motherfuckers is crazy. Before I go back, I'm gonna go back, but let me go forward to today. So right now, as I'm recording, we're in the middle of this whole gas crisis. And when I tell you people are literally outside losing their minds. Now I'm in Maryland, so it looked it looks like it's not as bad but there are people losing their minds people 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 why are we hoarding gas first of all gas is very highly flammable so where are you storing it number one number two how many vehicles do you have that you are storing this much motherfucking gas Number two, they are talking about there is a secondary pipeline for gas. So what are we, what are, what are you doing? Like, what the fuck? Like, hoarding toilet paper was one thing, but now gas, that's, gas in the middle of a pandemic where you can't go nowhere. Oh, okay, that's smart. Gas in the middle of a pandemic where you cannot go nowhere or you're not really going anywhere. We're so quick to try to get back into this whole traveling shit and it is crazy. That's number one. Number two. Y'all motherfuckers and this goddamn unemployment shit. Yes, if you're making more money off of unemployment, by all means. But unemployment is for the means of saying, while I am looking for a job, I will go ahead and collect unemployment. You feel what I'm saying to you? When they tell y'all and cut them benefits off, they are going to cut them off. And they're going to cut them off with a vengeance show. At this particular time, it does not matter if you go and you're doing fast food. Like, nobody is judging you because at this particular point, you need to get all the coin that you can possibly get. Get your coin, invest your coin in Bitcoin. We're going to talk a little bit more about that as well. But definitely get your money. What, what is, what is the problem, people? What, what, what is going on? Like, yo, even in, I, and I've said it many times in the midst of the pandemic, I was very blessed to still have my job and become an essential worker and then definitely become the only employee at that particular point. Well, not the only employee, but definitely the only employee on the floor. And, you know, was making extra money, making my bonuses, all type of stuff. So nothing really changed for me. And what was added on to it was the fact that I did Grubhub. You know what I'm saying to you? So money looking right. Very, very happy about that very very appreciative okay cool no problem go into the hiatus let's talk about the hiatus because everybody has been like yo when you gonna do another show you know what i'm saying is dope and i really appreciate the love uh first like i said before i'm fully vaccinated i will say that the shots 
took me down. Um, so like when I got the first one, um, I was, I got Pfizer and I was super, super, super angry, just hella angry, body was in pain, didn't want to be fucked with, didn't want to be touched, didn't want to be talked to. Um, and my wife got Moderna and it literally took her down, um, almost not as bad as the, the actual virus itself, but very, very close to it. And that's already an issue. Um, we don't know what any after shocks effects are going to be. We just don't know. Um, I am trying to get back to some type of normalcy, but clearly it's just, it's, it's very difficult at this point. It's like super dumb difficult to get back to that. But I will say with the vaccination, as much as I push back on it, I do feel a little bit safer being around people. You know what I'm saying? And I'm still doing all of the things, of course, washing my hands, uh, sanitizing my hands, um, you know, making sure that I wear my mask in public. And I know that we're getting to a situation of a no mask mandate. Um, you know, which, I mean, not my no mask mandate, but, you know, no mask being required in certain places for people that are fully vaccinated. I do believe that that is going to be a clusterfuck. I, I honestly do. I, like, I heard something, and this is why I really need to stop watching CNN. I, and I can't, I, you can't rely on anything for a real news source. But this is the shit, like, sometimes they just pull out with opinion, and I don't like the way that this was said. But they was like, oh, you know, hopefully we'll get everyone vaccinated, and we can, you know, celebrate our independence at least by July 4th. That's the, the goal and the set time that they're trying to get everyone vaccinated. So, and what was stated was, so America can re-celebrate its independence. Real quick... That is America and I am black. My independence is June 19th. Okay. This is not, this is not stopping me from doing what I need to do. And I'm going to be a hustler and I'm going to find a way to get money. If, if, if one thing that you've watched, if you guys watch it, watch the, uh, the podcast on YouTube, one of the big things that I always ask is what have you, um, how has the pandemic affected you and what have you learned? And the biggest thing is that I would say that anybody has learned is how to be more creative, how to figure out new and adventurous ways. Like, yo, I'll even be um, surprised with you. So a couple of things that you guys have missed out on is so much. Um, I am now one of the ambassadors for this company called Smooth My Balls, which is a trimming company. Yes, I said it, Smooth My Balls. Make sure you use my discount code, Young Smooth. That's Y-O-U-N-G-S-M-O-O-V-E for a major discount on anything that you buy as well. So make sure y'all go ahead and check that out. Um, but yeah, in addition, um, throughout all of the, the turmoil and craziness, I also bought a new car. Oh my God, smooth. What is wrong with you? We're in the pandemic. Why would you buy a new car? Here's the reason why. So my last car um, I bought was, was pre-owned. It was a pre-owned lease and it was amazing. It was the Murano. I loved my car. I definitely did. But I was fortunate enough to go into the dealership and they got me, of course, um, just getting an oil change. And literally, I ended up paying um, nothing out of pocket, uh, which is really, really good, and got a t- brand new 2021 Nissan Rogue. I love it. 
I love it. It's black. It's it's gorgeous. I want to say that his name will be T'Challa now because I had a Michael White for my charger. Storm was the Murano, and I think that this rogue will be T'Challa right now um, because I think it's just awesome. It has every feature that you could ever want. It had leather. It had heated seats. It had the panoramic roof with the sunroof, 360 degree cameras all around the damn car. Um, Apple CarPlay, Android CarPlay, you know, compatible. Um, I think I said heated seats, of course. Oh, a heated steering wheel, automatic start, um, trunk release. So all of it, it, it is just an amazing car. The body style changed up. Um, they have automatic headlights. So I love this car. I really do. I think that this Rogue is a fun, amazing situation. I think I'm only missing a few other features from my vehicle, but other than that, like I love it 100%. Hands down, it is one of the best vehicles I, that I've owned thus far. Um, I'm very proud of myself. And it was one of those things, I'm going to be real honest with y'all, like I had to stop for a minute and look at all of my accomplishments. And it was, it was very difficult. Um, one of the other things that I will say that also stopped me and the, and the new car was not what stopped me from recording. Now, as far as that goes, as far as stopping from recording, I stopped recording because I had a little bit of this thing and my homegirl Singleton, shout out to Singleton, will will say that it's crazy. But this is what I felt. I felt kind of like a survivor's remorse and I realized that I am very empathic. Um because of the fact I felt like, well damn, why are all of the, why are good things happening to me but there are so many bad things happening to so many other people? Like do I deserve this? Like what what's going on? But I had to really sit back and sit with it and really think to myself, yo, you do deserve this. You definitely deserve this. You deserve all of the great things that are coming to you in life because you worked so hard at it. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to accept that. Um, my weight loss journey has been going really well. Um, I'm a little off. I ain't going to lie to you. Um, getting back into it as of this week. That's why all of the things need to come into fruition. It needed to be. Working on the podcast again, um, working on the interviews. And then what I might do is I might also take a break from the interviews for a little while to start rescheduling, getting, you know, getting a new schedule up for interviews as well. Um, I also have an affiliation with the vibe sessions and major zone records. So thank you guys for all the love. So you'll also be able to look at the podcast there and also be able to, um, hear it there as well so that's going to be another outlet that you'll hear me say quite frequently as well i'm really excited about that so i have to work on that directly after editing this one of the things um i got a chance to like speak with one of my cousins and i told him i was like yo out of everything else that i'm doing i am a one man army i mean between putting my money into this um really investing in myself um make doing doing the the whole thing about finding topics um making the show picking what uh album i'm going to do and you know i had to do this one um it's dark and hell is hot um and then on top of that i edit everything um i i get the interviews i do the interview questions uh you know what i mean so it's it's just a lot of pieces and i put them all together on myself and i'm not gonna lie at a point i really felt like completely overwhelmed i was like yo what am i doing and i felt like 
I felt like I was spinning my wheels. I'm just being as candid and open and honest with y'all as I possibly can. Like, I literally felt like I was, like, just spinning my wheels. Like, yo, you doing all of this. Nobody's listening to your shit. Don't nobody care. Like, all of the self-doubt, the self-doubt, the, the saboteurs and everything were just in my view. They were literally telling me that I could not do this. No one gives a fuck. You're not making anybody's day. You know what I'm saying? Like all of the shit, all of those things all came into fruition for me and they all fell on my shoulders all at once. So I needed to take a break, regroup and say, fuck it. Let's get back into this. And then even with that, like the DMX death situation and I didn't want to feel like, like I really think about these things. This is the way that I feel and I think like I really didn't want to be like, Oh, I'm just trying to capitalize off his death and let me get clicks and views and shit like that. Like I didn't, I didn't want, I didn't want that to come off that way. And I, what was strange was before he passed and while he, the new album is about to come out, which we're going to talk about that as well. I was very much so like, oh, let me do as dark and hell is hot because I've already done flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood. And this time what I'm going to do, I'm going to read an article that I loved and was like, okay, it's been pretty good. You know, like sometimes with older stuff, it's harder to pick out the great things because sometimes in that moment, people really did trash an album and it may be something that you love, but we'll figure that out as we go. Um, But yeah, that was, that was the, the consensus. It kind of just like, Everything that was kind of going on in my mind, why it was happening. But what drew me back is, is, is a better question. What drew me back? I started being around certain people and everything started clicking again, like old clockwork. Like it doesn't feel the same, of course, and nothing, um, as we know in this world right now is going to feel remotely the same, but it started clicking. It was like, I was around obstacle beats and I, I started talking with him and he just reminded me of my love for what it, what it is or how long, you know, we both been, you know, doing this. Like we did it three years together and I'm still continuing another year. And I've been very, very consistent. Um, with everything. So I'm, I'm super excited there. And then in addition, um, looking at like talking with my cousin who is DJ Bishop and he's part of the true OG podcast and, you know, just the level of just trying to be consistent and stay consistent with, with them and just how much music they have. And then my, my sister, Nellie Hendricks, who is like, doing her thing with reviews and and twitch and gaming and i just i'm seeing everybody working and and loving what they do and i and i remembered that i loved it and i was like i felt guilty i again this is it's so weird it's so weird but i felt guilty like yo what am i doing and why am i doing this and who do i think i am and this that and the third i'm gonna make this declaration for the last time maybe possibly because i probably had to say it again but Nobody loves this genre the way that I love this genre. And even with the new stuff that's going on in the genre, nobody loves hip hop quite the way that I love hip hop. So I will always talk about it. I will always discuss it. And like I said, yo, we talk about everything. We can congruently, like we talk about everything. We don't just talk about one topic. And I sit here parched mouth and all and talk to y'all for a whole hour. Even though no one is here, I talk to y'all for a whole hour um but i like i said um want to shout out my man zodiac want to definitely shout out old beats because you know they keep me they keep they keeps the kid laced in beats every week but this week you guys are getting something 
completely, completely different. This week, you are getting my man, Charlie Beats. Yes, you are. Um, so if you like that, I will be probably posting a little bit more about that. Um, I think that this beat is just one of my new favorites. So I've been like pushing, pushing him to do, you know, a little bit more on the music side. And I'm so glad that he is allowing me to go ahead and use this beat on this particular podcast. My comeback podcast, something different, something new for y'all. So I really hope that y'all do enjoy it. Um, and love it um it, the song is a little bit longer so i'm probably going to cut it down uh once we get into the recording or whatever but it is going to be dope so i once again i really appreciate you my man cj like love you down love the kids miss the kids all of that good stuff so that is pretty much everything that should cover it's about like 17 minutes so that hopefully that should cover everything the whys the reasonings my crazy anticness my thought process my weight loss journey my new car you know my feelings on all of that stuff so i think that should cover pretty much everything all right so let's get into the last time we had a kick that lyric um my sis got it and it was actually duele find a way which is one of my favorite 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 songs now, this particular one actually comes from an episode that we've done before from a uh, a group, a female group, of course. However, there's a twist because, and I've done other female groups, so it's not just one. So, um, this has a little bit of a twist to it because it is a rapper on it. It was actually one of my favorite songs and it is the end song on this CD. Um, it was never played, so if you wanted to dig in the crates for this one. And it starts off, remember back in the time when the only sign we had was picket, but now in 94, it be this way, something come wicked, G-Angs, killing others for colors, things that we wear for fashion other brothers take it for a reason to be blasting what the cuff is going on not soft like buttercups but had enough of singing that same song see i stayed across the street from the projects took out your mama's trash and groceries to her trunk to keep my pockets fat like cellulite only been to jail one week for a show bit and I pray to God I won't repeat I should have pulled it when I had the chance to. No, I shouldn't did that. Because if I did that, y'all would not hear that. Fat shit. They keeps you on your tippy. Tippy toes like sellout. Like the sellout. Not calling no names, but really, who's bad? I go through obstacles like a whole box of condoms. You can't forget where you come from. Okay. So, if you get the Kick That Lyric, make sure you check me out at Kicking It With Young Smooth Pod on Instagram. You can sit, you can post it in one of the comments. Um, you can post it to the 
Facebook page, which is uh, Kicking It With Young Smooth Pod, the Twitter uh, account as well, all of them the same thing. Very easy for y'all. Make sure y'all post it. I'll repost them on the Twitter and Facebook pages as well. And I check all of that stuff. That's another thing that I do. Uh, I check all of that. Like, nobody runs the social media but me. I see it all. Absolutely. All right, so we've been gone for a minute. Now we back at the jump off. Goons in the club, case something. I'm sorry, no, I'm not doing this. Um, so I do have a couple of stories. Um, musically, okay, musically, real quick, I'm excited about the new Moray project. Um, if y'all have not checked him out, he's from Fayetteville, North Carolina, same place as Charlemagne. Um, and he is just dope. Make sure you check out his Breakfast Club interview. Um, I started falling in love when I heard the song Quicksand. I actually, I think I actually heard it on TikTok first. Um, that was the thing. Oh, and also speaking of TikTok, um, make sure that you check out Dark City Beneath the Beat. The reason why I said that is because my man Mighty Mark has been having a lot of people dance off and shake off to the beat. Shaking off is a Baltimore term. Let's be very, very clear about that. Um, our club music is our, is our sound. It is our beat. It is the heartbeat of Baltimore. Trust me. Believe you me. Um, you know, once again, shout out to TT the artist for a amazing, dope, interpretation of what that means to this city because it means a lot it doesn't mean just a, a lot for the dancers or the rappers or any other artists um that are out there it 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 speaks to what the city is in general um and for a girl from florida to love our culture and love the music after she's been here for 12 years the way that she does and embrace it we appreciate you we celebrate you here at kicking it with young smooth because it's been awesome. And I will completely talk about it until whenever. Yo, when I tell y'all, I literally... And again, that's another thing that happened while I was on the hiatus. I literally watched this whole documentary on Netflix. Dark City Beneath the Beat. Um, shout out to Issa Rae. Thank you so much again for making my city look gorgeous. Look amazing. I mean, even from some of the less good looking parts... I ain't gonna lie, I know everybody in this bitch. Down to the, I, I have to say it this way, I'm sorry. Down to the crackheads. <laughs> but every, I had to say it that way, I didn't want to, but I have to. Um, everybody, everybody looks amazing. Just the, the cinematography of it all. Um, it just being like art, it just felt like a Beyonce project and it was amazing. I do not like nor respect the flat, the flack that TT has gotten from this. And this is what I will say to this. And, and TT, you have my full support and anybody can check me on this if you want to. And I'm going to say it very clearly, very plainly and very slow. If you bitches would have gotten your asses up and done something and also worked on your business, you too would have a piece of ideography that would be like this. I'm sorry, a project that would be like this because I feel like the word ideography is going to go over a lot of your heads. So... Instead of sitting back and complaining like a lot of you bitches do, because that's what you do, because bitches do bitch shit. If you only accepted what the love is, let me tell you something. 
I, I, I hate, I never dwell on a negative, but when I tell you, shout out to my boy DDM. DDM, motherfucker, you read for blood. You hear me? When I tell you this Negro, I love him dearly. Read for blood for all of the negative comments. He was also, um, a part of Dark City Beneath the Beat. Um, my man Easy Jackson was part of, you know, Dark City Beneath the Beat. I, I just, again, I, I cannot stop standing for this not because it was my city and not because i knew a lot of people and not because the end scene shout out tt i was actually there that night i was actually there in one of the in the last scene that's in the documentary i was at that actual beat battle party that night so um i you know i'm I'm very very happy that you know we got a chance to um, be projected in a different light. And those that are from here know that we just, at this particular point, do not get the chance to be looked upon as only the wire. Cause I want y'all niggas that are not from here to stop feeling like everything about this goddamn city is yesterday. Yes, there's a lot of crime. Yes, there's a lot of shit that happens. However, it is no different than any other city in the United States of said America. Moving on. Into the, I want to start calling it something different. I don't want to call it ratchet and ridiculous no more. I think I'm starting to take the ratchet out of the hashtag. Um, I don't even want to call it hot topics. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, I, I don't know yet. I'm going to figure out a new name for the segment because I think that I just want to l- leap away from the, the, the term ratchet because it's not always ratchet. It's not all ratchet. It's like, it's good business. It's, um, it's motherfuckers coming back. It's certain people that shouldn't say shit. Um, and it's a love for one of my favorite artists. So again, it's not, like I said, it's not always ratchet and ridiculous. And let me tell you something. When I look for stories, sometimes mostly on wrap it up now, I, um, I steer away from the controversy and who said what to who and who's doing this and who's, I don't give a fuck. I don't, I just don't care. It's not, it's not in, in in my lexicon no more. Like I just, I really can't do it. I, I had to steer away from like reality tv i watch a lot of youtube now um and not for like the educational purpose i watch gamers and all type of shit and black nerds and and superhero stuff and all of that stuff speaking of which last thing before i get into the topic i'm telling y'all all all my business um not all of it because i'm gonna leave that part out anyway but i got a chance to see um DJ Bishop, and if anybody's been following the podcast, he was actually on the Art of the DJ episode. Um, I remember this because it was a great time to have him and my man Empire um, all together, and they just really talked that DJ talk, which was great. One of the things that I did not know about my cousin, and again, life, the, the 2020 blip was a lot. The 2020 blip was definitely a lot, but life has a way of bringing itself full circle. I did not know that my cousin is a blurred as well. Black nerds unite because (laughs) you love a lot of the same shit that I do. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, I I think it's like the commonality that I'm finding. And I remember like the 90s feeling like I wasn't that kid. You feel what I'm saying to you? Like, oh, I'm too soft or whatever, whatever the fuck the case may be. But the bottom line is, yo, the commonality is, yo, we're all geeks and all nerds and we all found ourselves in a lot of these superheroes. And a lot of times, uh, you know, that's the thing. Another thing that I thought about, I'm I'm actually low-key excited for this Venom 2 situation. Cannot wait for that movie. However, 
Y'all, don't force us to go back to the movie theater so quickly. I'm, I'm still not ready for this. Like, they're, I think they're putting it for like a July or August or September. I can't remember. It was, no, it might have been September. I think it might have been like a September release or whatever, but it's like they're trying to push us back into the theaters. I, even as much as I want to go out, and I've been out, I'm not going to sit here and lie to y'all, but, I damn sure, for damn sure, don't want to be stuck. In, it's something about being stuck in a movie theater in the dark. Like, I, something about it right now just ain't sitting well in my spirit. So, I don't know. But And I'm enjoying this whole situation with um HBO Max. Speaking of which, again, I am putting all the stories out here that don't have nothing to do with nothing. Because I none of these stories I have written down at this point. Speaking of which, let's go over this Mortal Kombat situation. Gotta do it, okay? Because I missed out, so um, here we are. Um, A lot of people did not like the movie. A lot of people was like, it's phony. Um, yeah, so... Real quick, what makes it any phonier than a superhero movie of any caliber? Just, just saying, a- any caliber. <laughs> so, uh, there's that. Number one. Number two, um, it, okay, so it lagged. Um, I don't think that we needed to have a new character in Cole Young. I think that was a little bit much. I think that um, people that don't follow the game were not able to get the story. I think that um, there was a lot of fan service. I think that it was definitely a prequel and introduction. Like all of those things are are that. Um, I think that uh, the the CGI in it looked a uh, fucking amazing. It was so well put together there. Except there were some lighting, not too many continuity errors, but. Uh, enough, enough, enough of stuff that you could kind of see that is like, mm, it just doesn't go well. Um, again, it, it was fan service. It was, you saw moves that were in the game. You know what I'm saying to you? It, you saw classic moves or fatalities that they did, but they definitely kicked the fan service up a notch. Um, leaving out some pivotal characters that have been in the games since like day one definitely a thing that I was like, ah, I feel a certain kind of way about that too. Uh, but all in all, I think it was an okay movie because here's the thing. When you really look back at it, have you people not seen the 95 shit? Have you not seen the apocalypse? I mean, was it the apocalypse? No, um, whatever. Uh, I forgot what it was called. It was Mortal Kombat. Somebody will remind me. It was like either not, no, Armageddon was the actual game and then it was, uh, oh, Annihilation was, was the word. Um, so have you seen it? Have you seen the CGI and the way it looks? And that was like 1995 and shit when CGI had first came out and shit and we were trying to use it. Um, it's not good. It's not good. No, 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 no. Stop arguing. No, it's not good. It's just, it just wasn't good then. Um, so I think that it could be, and, and why can't this be a franchise? Here's the thing. Bitch, we on Fast 9. The fuck? Like, yo, I please explain to me why there are cars scaling a fucking building. You're okay with that. You're okay with that. But 
a Mortal Kombat story, we not good with. However, I, again, I still lead to that fact that the story lagged. I will say this. The story definitely lagged and jumped into some things that was in its own territory. Like, it just literally jumped right into some shit that you were like, okay, so this is the rule. So now you... Oh, we can we can break the rule again. Like it was so much shit, and I'm just not spoiling it for nobody. But it definitely was a whole hell of a lot of shit that was completely different. Um, as far as like some character development, um, some characters were underutilized. Some characters were um greatly greatly appreciated. Like Kano, I was like. Impressed. I was like, Kano, Kano was the Johnny Cage in that comic relief and that aha moment for a lot of the audience. So I was very excited about that. But yeah. Um, looking forward to the Venom movie. Uh, I think that we should definitely go ahead and deal with that. Um, trying to make Mortal Kombat a franchise. Uh, oh, I think, I think also one of the other things, excuse me, that we got that was kind of off about it. Was it was a first time director, and getting that first time director um, jitter kind of out, it's it's not gonna sit well. Now, like maybe if we had a Michael Bay or someone else, you would have seen the direction and the cinematography and the storyline be a little bit different. But you know, unfortunately, that is kind of what we got um, after waiting so long for a movie. But Again, let it let it grow, let it get its feet, let it get its you know its feet in the sand because I definitely definitely meant to turn my phone off. Um, let it let it get its feet in the sand because realize that we are on Fast and the Furious Nine. I pause because what is the reason? What what is the reason? What is the reason? I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Um, so. What another thing that I have missed? Steve Urkel, actor Jaleel White, launches Purple Urkel cannabis brand with Seven Ten Labs. Yes, he did that. Actor Jaleel White, famous for his critical touchstone role as Steve Urkel in Family Matters, is entering the cannabis industry through a partnership with Seven Ten Labs. White's new cannabis line called It's Purple. Features very um variants of popular cannabis strand Purple Urkel. It is set to launch on April 20th, which meant it already launched on 420. Um, the brand will be disp- be on dispensary shelves in California uh, to start, potentially growing to more marketplaces in the future. Quote, the thing that always stood out to me was their... No, there was there was no clear brand leader for Fire Purple Weed, says Jaleel White. It made no sense to me that no company of significance had claimed this lane. So why not me? That makes hella sense, though. It it, it really does. It. I mean, that's great business sense. That's great marketing sense. Like yo, who we always talk about, yo, I got that purple, I got that loud, but when you talk about, like, a brand, a specific sativa, like, I would love to smoke this. Like, I don't even smoke no more, but just for the, the sheer fact of it all, like, yo, it's, it's his brand, like, I would definitely do. Now, if they put it in a gummy, I would be even more happier, cause that's my shit, but whatever. 
Um, how did the, cel- the celebrity collaboration come about? Through friendship, 710 Labs founder Brad Melschnickers, Melschnickers, sorry Brad, messed that all up, um, met White on a flight and the duo connected over their passion for cannabis. Um, 710 has never been a brand that pursued celebrity deals or endorsements as our agenda has always been quality above all else. Uh, Brad, because I'm not going to say this last name again. <laughs> Brad said, <laughs> I, I can't. I hate butchering people's names. It's unnecessary. Uh, we tend to let the product speak for itself. But over the years, Jalil and I became friends. And organically, our conversations developed into a project. He was on a journey to find the real Purple Oracle from back in the early 2000s. Not only that, he wanted to find the most flavorful purple cultivators and had been collecting seeds with his friend Sean over the years just for this purpose. Ecstatic. I'm ecstatic about it. I'm I, I well, I've seen the label. I love the label. Um actually I really have been following Jaleel White and if you guys have not as well, because you know I'm all about bigging up other people and bigging up other podcasts as well. So Jaleel um has a podcast called Ever After with Jaleel White. Um, so definitely check, check that out. Um, he's actually really been on the market a lot lately. A lot of people have been interviewing him. I'm going to try to snag, I'm going to try to snag one. I gotta try to snag a celebrity interview. That's going to be my goal where they're going to be like, who is this little ass kid, grown ass man? <laughs> cause, cause I am, I'm only five, four. Y'all know me. Don't judge me. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's gonna be dope. I really do hope that they put it in a gummy form because, like I said, I don't particularly care for smoking it anymore. That ain't really my shit. But a good gummy like a Delta Eight puts you on your ass, and I appreciate it. Uh, all right. So moving on. Um, speaking of the Callis situation, which we talked about as before. I recently watched the reaction of Nas and Jay-Z for the verse for Sorry Not Sorry. Let me tell you something. Every time I hear it, it, Sorry Not Sorry, I don't care what nobody say, is an iconic song now already. I literally hear the music in my head as, as, um, as I'm saying the words to the song, like the title of the song. Uh, and I'm like, like, sorry, not sorry. That's not me. Like, oh, okay, I fuck with it. So that is, is really good. Um, so DJ Khaled, another one. Cause definitely another one with this song. Um, only DJ Khaled could bring together Jay-Z and Nas. The hip hop legends reunited for their first collaboration in over a decade on Khaled's new album, Khaled Khaled. Following the album's release on Friday, Khaled posted rare footage from a video call between Jay and Nas. In the clip, Nas is with Khaled in the studio while speaking with Jay-Z on FaceTime. Nas shared his reaction upon hearing Jay's verse on which he raps, um, circular ice on Japanese whiskey on my mezzanine. Everybody's getting bands. We just dance to a different drum. Oh, no, 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 said Nas while joking that he had to rewrite his verse upon hearing Hoves. I'm just hearing, I'm just, Oh, so he says, I'm just here tweaking lines and shit. I'm in here like rewriting four bars as Jay-Z smiled and laughed. 
Nas went into the pra- into praising Beyonce, whose vocals were credited as the Hive. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot they did say it was the hive, which is weird. I was like, the hive, what? And the queen at the end, bro, those harmonies, that gave me chills, bro. This, <laughs> this is one, this is definitely one for the books, added Nas while Jay concurred. Now, that feels good. That feels great. Getting the rap titans on the same track and in a hype Williams directed video was a dream come true for Khaled. Jay and Nas on a record has been a long, a lifelong dream and I am so glad it happened the way that it did. True brotherhood, amazing energy and love. God was in the booth on set and all over this album, he said. In the end, Khaled said that neither Jay nor Nas rewrote their lyrics. By the way, no lines were changed. It was perfect and beautiful. Khaled Khaled, which also features appearances from Cardi B, Drake, Her, Migos, and Justin Bieber, is expected to debut at number one on next week's charts with 80 to 100,000 equivalent album units that is dope uh my other i I do like so i do like the cardi b song um drake we heard that song a couple a couple hundred times um i also like the song with post malone and made the stallion i like the just here's the here's the thing and i have said it quite frequently i like the justin timberlake song um Oh, we were here over an hour today. I didn't realize I had told y'all all my motherfucking business. That is a lie. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I just looked down at the top and I'm like, oh, wow. Um, so the, uh, Justin Timberlake song definitely sounds like it was written for Chris Brown. Someone else said it, but I definitely, I listened to it a couple times and I was like, yeah, it is. It's still good. It's still, it's still okay. I'm just not a huge Justin Timberlake fan for many, many obvious reasons right now. I think Justin is, Justin is what I like to call a fuck boy on the low. Like it seemed all sweet and everything seems seem, it seems all good, but he low key a fuck boy for real. So like he do fuck boy shit and he's allowed to slide with it. But me and my friend had a whole conversation about this, but I won't go into detail. But take it for face value. I feel like Justin Timberlake is a small portion of a fuck boy. I think that apologies and all the rest of the bullshit, all that shit is too late, Justin. Um. I mean, again, this, for me, uh, what I do not want to see is I do not want to see Justin Timberlake being able to dance and skate and be back at the fucking cookout. Because one, you slid Janet. Two, you did some, uh, a whole bunch of defaming ass shit to Britney. So if you, if you guys watch the documentary, which I finally did get a chance to watch, which is faming Britney, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. And he did a lot. Um, continuing on, uh, let's see, that'd be nice if I didn't click the shit off. How about that? How about that, Troy? Yeah. Um, Diddy Slam Score, you know what? I don't give a fuck about this anymore. So moving on, I don't care. Okay, let's talk, let's talk. Okay, okay. So y'all know, okay, y'all know me. Y'all know me. Okay, if you listen to the show, you know me. Okay, you know this is real near dear to my heart. Okay. Because it's a thing. So. 
I just wanted to let y'all know that my bitch is about to fuck up your summer. My bitch is about to fuck up your life. You bitches better be scared. All these bitches is her son. Fuck is wrong with you, dummy. Fuck is I, oh my god, I'm so excited. Don't judge me. I know, I know, I know. But Nikki is back. What? I said, oh shit. First of all, I like, I love a cryptic bitch. I loves a cryptic bitch. I like the motherfucker to be like, Friday. Bitch, <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? Although we started to get an idea of what that could possibly mean. Um, I'm excited. Um, I'm, I'm excited that she's back. Um, the pictures look amazing. You, you've gotten that body back. You know what I'm saying? Titties is bananas. You better do it. Deal with it. Do what you do. Um, I think. She's all, all right, yo, you're killing the game in two days, bitch. Th- you're, you're killing the fucking game in two fucking days. There are three, like, yo, there are three million likes immediately. Like, she just posted it. Like, I, I was on it and like, she posted like for 20 minutes. In 20 minutes, there were three million fucking likes. It is ridiculous, sis. You're, you're killing it. But she teases new single Fraction. The Queen is coming. All hail the Queen. A day after returning to social media, Nikki continues to build anticipation for her new music by dropping another teaser for the fans on Tuesday, which was yesterday. Minaj shared a couple more photos of herself, this time perched on a rock while stunning in a body hugging pattern dress. With yellow heels. Then she quotes. Bitches act like they want action. Heard they want action. Bitch we ain't ducking no action. She wrote. And continues. I'm about to give that traction. Send a distraction. Then I'm gonna line them up like fractions. Because these bitches is my sons. I love it. Uh, (laughs) She again teased a Friday release date. While the Barb's shared their excitement for the potential first offerings from Minaj's upcoming fifth studio album, The Fifth Thing Thing, that's what we talk about. On Monday, Minaj ended her months-long hiatus from social media, posting a couple of photos of herself in a pink room while wearing pink crack. The photo received over 4.5 million likes on Instagram while deemed for pink Crocs is <laughs> spiked by, I'm sorry, deemed, that's, I, I'm, I'm tripping. While demand for pink Crocs spiked by 4,900% in a matter of hours, according to Social Supplier. Uh, Soul Supplier, I'm sorry. For, see, that, that's, that's what we're talking about. That's, that's, that's that. That's, that's that it factor. That's that, that shit that your favorite bitches won't have. Um, the rest of you bitches can be sick, be fucking disgusted, eat and kick rocks because my bitch is back. Like, what are you gonna do? What, what, what are you gonna do? Where, where, where are you bitches gonna hide? Because there's no room for you anymore. 
you might as well go ahead and sit down. It means nothing. And then a bum bitch said something. Oh my god, that was hilarious. Yo, people have literally been sending me shit in my in my DM that is fucking hilarious. It's like yo, with so many memes and shit of of Nikki, and I'm just like, oh god, that's that's fuck. And I think it's more hilarious that. People send me shit about, like, uh, about Nikki. I, I, what I love is that people send me stuff about, like, hip hop and whatever they find on the internet. Like, I get tagged and shit and all that. I'd be like, what the hell is this? Like, what is going on? But that's how I stay up to date. Y'all, my fans and everyone who listens to the show, I love y'all dearly because y'all definitely really keep me abreast of everything. But the Nikki thing, you did not. You did not have to. I am hoping if 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 we're getting bars we're getting a song at least if we get in a song i'm hoping that we get the fifth thing thing because if we get the fifth thing thing out the way i think that creatively she will do something also spectacular and amazing um maybe before she retires if she doesn't choose to retire on this one officially maybe she'll do a jay-z thing i don't know i'm ecstatic i'm only speculating but i am super 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 ecstatic i think the girl is going to be fucking fire once again the body looks great i know the baby is probably handsome as he could fucking be and kenny is over there stiff but he living a life all that ass there it is all right um dmx's posthumous album exodus gets release date the legacy continues just one month after his death dmx's posthumous album exodus has been announced Executive producer Swiss Beats, the rap legend's eighth studio album, is set to be released on May 28th, featuring all new original recordings. Quote, my brother X was one of the most pure and rare souls I've ever met, Swiss said in a statement. He lived his life dedicated to his family and music. Most of all, he was generous with his giving and loved his fans beyond measure. This album, X couldn't wait for his fans all around the world to hear and show just how much he valued each and every single person that has supported him unconditionally. According to a press release, themes of redemption wave throughout Exodus. Oh my God, I'm going to be, I cannot wait to get my hands on this project, I promise y'all. Which is also the name of DMX's youngest son, Exodus Simmons. The artwork was shot by Jonathan Manchon, who captured some of DMX's most iconic images throughout his career. X also had a Bible passes Exodus 1-7 tattooed on his neck. Exodus marks DMX's first album since 2012 undisputed and his first on Def Jam in 18 years during one of his final interviews with Nori's Drink Champs podcast earlier this year X revealed some of the featured guests including the late pop smoke Lil Wayne Snoop Dogg Alicia Keys and Usher as well as members of Griselda crew including Benny the Butcher Conway the Machine and West Side Gun. Oh my gosh, chills are going up my spine. He also had a collaboration with U2's Bono called Skyscrapers. It's crazy, X said the said of the track, which was originally recorded for Swiss's album, um, Hot 
Living in 2011 and featured Kanye West. It got like a Miami feel to it. I feel like I want to shoot a video here. Oh, tears are running down my face. An interview with Fox 5 New York Darian D. Dean of Rough Riders spoke about Exodus. It said that he's not going to be here, but the music, this album right here is special. He said, like you probably never heard no music like you heard on this one. And what we did right now, this is probably one of the great albums. One of the best. It's a classic for sure. DMX died on April 9th after suffering a heart attack. He was 50 years old. Um, I honestly have to say, um, and I know I, I kind of got like all somber on this and everything, but I, <laughs> I honestly can't imagine a world without DMX, um, good, bad, or otherwise. Um, his music is a testament to my, to my childhood, my youth, my teenage years, um, it it allowed you to love God and showed you all the different ways that you know your perils and how you can make mistakes and and be so much better and if I sound a little choked up about it, I kinda am you know when this one hit and, and and also in the midst of me doing all of this in my hiatus and everything you know we'd also lost black rob and we lost shock g and you know the hip hop community has definitely been taking some serious hits right now like i mean major major hits and i'm just like i this is why i love this craft i'm seeing so many artists that are coming up and they have stories to tell but I'll be very, very, very honest with you. Nobody has a story like Earl Simmons, okay? Nobody has nobody has that 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 sheer talent that we saw. And for me, I when I say it, I mean it from my heart. You understand what I'm saying to you? So for me, this not this not this not like just not like when Nipsey died. You feel what I'm saying to you? And and rest in peace, Nip, because I honestly 100% um, got into your music after the fact. This particular man walked in my life. His music was felt. I mean, I was in rough. I was, you know, in that Rough Riders volume one, volume two, volume three era when Eve came out and drag on and I have all of that stuff and it's just like it I remember when I before I started doing podcasting that I wanted to interview X because I wanted to be that person to get get in his head and figure out wh- what it was and nobody could touch him nobody could touch him like that nobody could touch him like that even Eonla got frustrated with him but I understood that because I understood that from a perspective as a child seeing adults do what they want to do, but also be destructive. So I get what what that is. And I understood why he was the way that he was. And 
All of those things broke my heart because I'm like, oh, you deserve this. You worked for this. One of the things, and, and, and I'm not trying to be controversial, but I just feel a certain kind of way. I felt a certain kind of way like when he was passing, yo, like the, like the man is still so great. He was even late to his own funeral because they took him around Yonkers and, and, and they took him around New York and all of that stuff. And, and I think that's amazing. Um, but one of the things that I did not like in a lot of people, I'm going to tell you who had his back like nobody else. Swiss. Swiss definitely. Absolutely. Um, Dean, you know what I'm saying? One of the dudes from, from the Rough Rider camp. Absolutely. Eve, Dragon, Dragon speech took me out, y'all. I thought his son, his oldest son, which I'm so glad they had a relationship because if you, anybody watched Iyanla beforehand, you know that they didn't. And I was like, wow. And that, and that's, that relationship was very severed and very rocky. And I'm just glad that he spoke up so eloquently about his dad. Um, but, Drag on took me out. Drag on took me out. And I'm going to tell y'all one more thing before we get into this too. But drag on took me out. When he said I ain't shit without this man. I I lost it. All tears. All tears. Also. Um, within the same vein of of loss at this particular point. Uh, another reason that I also was in this hiatus. Like I might as well call this the hiatus show. Because I've told y'all so many reasons. And again this is why I'm back. Because it's it's time to get back into the bag. But um, my best friend lost his mom. Literally she passed the same day as DMX. Um, but fast forward to all of that. And I won't go into the personal things about. You know kind of what happened. Because that's between me and my friend. But one of the things that happened at the viewing for his mother we me my wife we went you know what i'm saying so on and so forth we hadn't seen everybody in a long time you know you become adults and now this pandemic has kind of stopped us from seeing everybody so it is what it is um but when i literally tell you my best friend's oldest brother his little son who has to be every bit of i want to say seven or eight um was standing in front of a group of adults and asked his father, hey, can I go up there? And when he pointed up there, he pointed towards the casket. And everybody's like, yeah, sure, you can go up there if you want. Did you want somebody to go with you? And he said no. And as I'm about, uh, uh, man, I did not want, I did not want to do this. It is kind of messing me up now. Um, as a little boy, he walked towards that casket and he spoke to his grandmother. And what spoke to me in that moment, I'm sorry, y'all. What spoke to me in that moment, honestly and truthfully and wholeheartedly was I remember being that kid when my grandmother died and my my grandmother was like my mother too and it was just so difficult it was just so completely difficult and watching little little Gerald go up to that casket reminded me of me being that kid like it literally reminded me of um Uh, when my grandmother had passed and I was like 10 years old and I remember 
she had uh, passed from cancer. And um, I remember the the it was it was cold, so it was like maybe before Christmas, and just being in the hallway with her doctors and her nurses and asking, "Will she be home for Christmas?" And every time I say it, like even now as a third, almost thirty eight year old man, it still breaks my freaking heart. Like she's gone. To this day, and it's been years, it's been over like 28 years, almost 30 years, and it's just still to this day heart-wrenching, but to see that moment took me to a whole nother level. I was like, wow. Um, I, I Again, I remember being that kid, so I, I think that is why I'm so empathic, because I remember seeing so many things that were in a resemblance of me. You know what I'm saying, dude? But um, moving on, yo, it's time. It's that time again. It's that time to go over some of the best, the best album. The best album ever. The first debut album. It's Dark and Hell is Hot. Now, normally I would go through a whole lot of rigmarole, but what I am going to go through today is part of an interview that I, maybe part or all, I don't know, depends on what I do. Of, a, of an interview that I had stumbled across um, from Pitchfork.com by Sheldon Pierce. Um, I, I think that this sums up a lot of how great the album was. And this interview was like years ago, though. Uh, I'm not. Th- I'm sorry, not this interview. This um, particular article was years ago. So the debut album from DMX is the Dante Inferno of rap. Come on, start it off like that. The infamous stage presence and aggression gave a voice to the voiceless in the streets of New York and overnight changed the course of hip-hop. Earl Simmons suffered a a lonely and abusive childhood where he was a troubled kid and he would sometimes wander the streets and befriend stray dogs. Uprooted from his native Baltimore... I just had to put that, point that out. At a young age, the Yonkers transplant did several stints in New York's children's village group home where he first state, uh, started fiddling with uh, drum machines and beatboxing as a means of escape. He... Um, oh. I'm sorry. That part is like really, really hard. Um... Just because how he got in that group home and hearing that his mother left him there is just still massively tragic. Um, he went from DJing to rapping as a young adult, taking the name DMX from the drum machine he used. The young rapper made a name for himself on New York's battle circuit with a commanding voice and overwhelming tendencies. Aggressiveness would become his calling card as an MC, a defense mechanism held over from when the di- from when the days when armed robbery helped him survive on the streets. His Battles to life and cope both in and outside a rap would lead to 1990s, 1998's It's Dark and Hell is Hot. His haunting debut, a tragically clear-eyed criminal manifesto that dared to greet 
domination with defiance and a psalm. Oh, uh, uh, I'm already, I'm just so choked up on this. This is a lot. Rocking a skull embroidered hat, DMX the Great appeared in the source unsigned hype column in January 1991, garnering comparisons to LL Cool J, PMD, and Hit Squad's Case Solo, whom DMX had met in prison. The earliest DMX demons were uh, tedious without the defining presence he'd grown into. But it was in that ring that he truly built his rep, making an in, in sorry an undeniable mark on the underground scene with heavily rhythmic flows and a battler's bluntness. When he traded bars with Jay-Z in in a cramped Bronx pool hall in the late 90s. He um headed bombing violent cigarette cigarettes in hand. Sorry, head bobbing violent violently cigarette in hand. He proved himself to be raw, almost uh boisterous alternative to Hova's shifty slick talk. The energy in the room clearly favored X's style. Jay would later introduce, uh, would later ask industry maneuvers, um, uh, sorry, would ask other friends in the industry, of course, like Irv Gotti, um, you think he's better than me? To which Gotti replied, if you look in the hood, there's less niggas like you and more niggas like him. The unsigned hype column also known for uh, producing deals. True to form, DMX signed to Columbia Records imprint Rough House in 1992 and immediately cut a... <clears throat> uh, a promotional single called The Born Loser. The track introduced his depressive tone on ominous and confessional space that would later bring life to his most discomforting scenes. But true to its title, it failed to garner any buzz or airplay, and his overbooked label let him off the hook. DMX claimed he was underpromoted because of groups like Criss Cross and Cypress Hill. A few years later, Puff Daddy headed, I'm sorry, head of the burgeoning Bad Boy Records took interest in DMX and fellow Yonkers Corner Boys, The Locks, but in the end chose to sign the latter over the former. Deciding that X had no commercial uh, prospects. One thing I respect about Puff. At least he told me to my face what he felt. DMX told Drink Champs. His voice is too rough. Actually, this might have been a little bit actually more recent. His voice is too rough. He's not marketable. DMX returned to the underground scene, emerging on LL Cool J's 1997 album Phenomenon on, oh God, my fate, one of my favorites, y'all, with a verse on the now infamous posse cut 4321. <laughs> y'all, blazing once more 
he followed Gotti to Def Jam. Um, when Gotti pushed for Def Jam to sign DMX in his first meeting, he got laughed out of the room. I remember when I left the office, A&R executive Tina Davis said, if DMX don't sell, your ass is fired. <laughs> Ooh. Gotti remembered in an interview with Complex, he didn't seem to fit with the rap moment. This was a year dominated by Puff Daddy and Bad Boy, who landed six of seven highest charting rap songs, delivered a huge critical and commercial success in Harlem World, and won Best Rap Album at the Grammys for the seven-time platinum album No Way Out, famously and controversially defeated Wu-Tang's Wu-Tang Forever, putting money behind DMX, would run counter to Bad Boy's shiny suit era of glam rap. But X brought Def Jam executive uh, Leroy Cahoon up to Yonkers for an early Rough Rider session and convinced him to sign the MC. At the time, DMX uh, DMX's mouth was wired shut because of an altercation he'd had with some guys he was accused of stealing from. In an interview with DJ Vlad, Ja Rule remembered the uh, farcity through which he ripped through the wiring. He got into a fight or somebody got jumped and he was rhyming with them fucking wires on his mouth. Crazy shit. Like, shit about the pop. I was like, okay, like, this dude, when they left, Cohen turned to Gotti and proclaimed, we got the pick of the litter. Through his connections at Bad Boy, namely his friends of the locks and maze DMX began working on his debut album with producers from Harlem world, uh, named Dame grease, a fellow Yonkers, um, production named P- uh, PK or P killer tracks and Grease's unknown prodigy from the Bronx Swiss beats under direction from Irv and layer or Lior grease, PK and X worked up a single called Get At Me Dog in 97 and released it in February of 98. It functioned as an an embracive uh, prelude because, uh, but was at least partially aimed at X's longtime rival K Solo. They brought the song to Hot 97 DJ Funkmaster Flex, who aired it and added it to the first volume of his Big Dogs mixtape. It soon took off, peaking at number 39 on the Billboard Hot 100s in May. Gotti remembers the video as the turning point. We back to the hood. And X is the leader of the revolution. Filmed at New York's Tunnel Nightclub, packed, sweaty, and shot in black and white. X's crusade is articulated in its opening seconds. Let's take a look. Let's take it back to the streets, motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. I said it wrong. But I'm I'm not going to pop my mic for that. But yes. That, that was, that was also a moment. Get At Me Dog set the stage for It's Dark and Hell is Hot, which explores the furthest depths of the human experience. But there is more 
Fitting introductions to the album than the Swiss Beats produced Rough Riders Anthem. A confrontational, uh, fang, fang bearing, sorry, I had a, I had a burp, <clears throat> mark of veracity. The songs function much like a wearing, sh- a warning shot across the threshold of your own peril. It's about to get ugly. Fuck a dog, I'm hungry. He snaps. Mm. Mm. I had to say it like that, y'all. It's about to get ugly. Fucking dog, I'm hungry. Like, yo, I had to say it like that. Like, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do it one time. I have not done this in quite a while. Let me move this back just a little bit because this is a bit much. But, ew, dog, eh? Yeah, you know what? I'm not gonna do that. I'm not. That's, that's too much. Um, <laughs> he snaps. The song was a defining moment for both DMX and Swiss Beats, but it almost didn't happen. Swiss made the song in Atlanta when he was just a DJ and then moved back to New York to join the Rough Riders. DMX didn't like the song initially, claiming it was some rock and roll track and he needed some hip hop shit. I'm not doing that. That's not hood enough, he told producers. But Swiss and other members of the Rough Riders team pushed him to make the record, and it became the theme song of the moment. Yes. Yes. It just, it did. It's Dark and Hell is Hot was not only the springboard of the Rough Rider campaign launching the careers of Swiss Beats, Eve, Cassidy, and Jen. Y'all niggas forget about Jen, okay? That was an Asian motherfucker who had bars. It was the catalyst for the greatest shift on the New York rap scene and beyond. It was a reset button for street rap. Setting the stage for runs from 50 Cent and G-Unit and Cameron and Dipset Cruz. Hitting, hitting niggas with gashes to the head. Straight to the white meat but the street stays red. Girls gave me head for free cause they say, cause they see who I am, who I'ma be by like 2003 X wrapped on the intro. He didn't even take that. It didn't even take that long. Like Dante's Inferno, DMX, It's Dark and Hell is Hot, a fiendish epic that explores the nature of sin, highlighting acts of violence, wrath, greed, treachery, and lust. The album exposes an internal struggle waged between a man and his demons, a man searching for one light in all commission in all consuming darkness he was i'm sorry my mom was getting driving and talking for a while um he has a talk with god the combo but the devil is constantly whispering in his ear and wearing him down he's unsure whether his rhyme skills are the product of a contract with the devil I sold to my, I sold my soul to the devil and the price was cheap or the generosity of a loving creator. It's this duality that makes up one of the most gripping psychological studies in all of rap lore. What happens when a God fearing man makes the devil his ally? I, I just, I am. 
I, I, I am amazed. I am so amazed about how much this album and how deep it is and how introspective it is. Once he, when he passed and we, we do the same thing that we all do. I literally played all of the music, but my favorite too, my favorite too, because that was just a specific time in my life will always be as dark and hell is hot and flesh on my flesh, blood on my blush, blood on my blood. Sorry. The centerpiece is Damon, a winding back and forth saga between X and his, um, Hadeen, accomplice the album builds to this moment where x is seduced by his greater his greatest admirer in the throes of his greed and pain dmx embraces wickedness as a fair price for freedom from destruction uh by the end of the song by the end, sorry, the song becomes a parable about the dangers of giving into desire when D, uh, when Damon coerces X into crimes he doesn't want to commit. Either do it or give me your right hand. That's what you said. He threatens. Um, I see now ain't nothing but trouble ahead. Traces of Damon can be heard Throughout the uh, Lucy thread on Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly, which also examines the points where fame and sin meet. Kendrick has cited It's Dark and Hell is High as a major influence. But Damon is even more tightly wound with the relationship, uh, tightly wound, the relationship more clearly articulated and its energy more affecting the dynamic dame the that I I can't speak. The dynamic Damon is a microcosm of its dark and hell is hot, which is either a um in contest motion or disclosing ongoing conversation, whether internal, interpersonal, how's it going down or divine prayer um so just to give you a glimpse of what that article was and you can read the rest of the article i just had to read some of those because those passages and just the thought process of like how x got to where he was was way more critical than any awards but i will say this um let's be very very clear that in six months time and in no in the span of a year in one year, DMX came out with two platinum albums and resurrected Def Jam. I mean, resurrected Def Jam to the brink because Def Jam was definitely falling off. Um, LL Cool J was still high and, and, you know, was like the product, the prodigal son of Def Jam. But however, at the end of the day, it just wasn't selling. And like hip hop needed something new and needed new blood and DMX provided that like wholeheartedly. Um, going over the track listing, you have the intro like we talked about before, the Rough Riders anthem, fucking with D, the storm skit, um, look through my eyes, get at me dog featuring Sheik Luch for the lot. Loves. I think I'm a Sheik fan. I gotta figure out. I don't, you know, I love the locks in total. I've said that many times on the show. Um, let me fly. X is coming. Damon, how's it going? How's it going down? Um, Mikey skit. Um, 
Crime Story. Crime Story is a really good one, too. Um, Stop Being Greedy. We all love Stop Being Greedy. Um, ATF. Um, For My Dogs. Um, I Can Feel It, which is the Phil Collins situation. So it was the I Can Feel It coming in the air tonight, which is great. The Prayer Skit and the Conversation or the Convo. Um, Niggas Then Started Something as well, which I think was the additional track of 19. Niggas Then Started Something, one of the best tracks because that had the locks and mace. Another one of my well underrated and best DMX verses is on 24 Hours to Live. Yo, if y'all have not heard 24 Hours to Live, go check that out. That was on Mace's Harlem World. Um, I, I love that song. That is one of my favorites. 4321 is definitely one of my favorites. Um, and now at this particular point, as we get to 2020, 2021, about, about shit is definitely another one of the classic favorites with the locks that was off a of living off experience. Um, I, I just, I definitely have gone over on time, but I had to give y'all this because I had to give out so much explanation. I had to give out so much backstory. And I, even after that, I still have so much work to do after I finish this. So I have to do this. I have to mix it down. I have to edit it. I have to, I almost say I have to get it ready to be sent. So there's a lot to do, but I am okay and I'm with the challenge. So thank you for everyone who's checked on me, who's prayed for me. Um, all of the things, um, you guys got like a really emotional show, uh, cause I, I just had to tell you all of these things and I'm sorry, I wanted to read more, but my mouth is like super dry right now from completely talking and I filled up an hour and some change of time at this point. Um, but yo, don't forget a couple of things, couple of quick reminders. Don't forget about the kick that lyric. Um, you know where to look for it. Look for it on Facebook, look for it on Instagram, look for it on Twitter. So we'll definitely do that. Um, <clears throat> let's see, um, you can find me on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Music, which is YouTube Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, my YouTube channel, which is Kicking It With Young Smooth Podcast, so all of that is exactly the same, um, uh, make sure you like, share, and subscribe, um, don't forget to use my code for a major discount for Smooth My Balls, so you can get your my Smooth My, Smooth my Balls trimmer. Um, so that code is Young Smooth, Y-O-U-N-G-S-M-O-O-V-E, or Y-O-U-N-G-S-M-O-O-V-E, but that's the way I spell it. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I feel very much so like I've gotten, I feel very boosai now, like, I, I, I got this off my chest. I hope everyone feels my love and appreciation for DMX, my love and appreciation for hip hop. Um, just, it's, it's just a moment. It is, it is literally a moment for me. Um, I might even cover some Murder Inc. stuff eventually. I think I might go there. I don't know. Again, I'm just, I'm just so super, super, super happy. And yes, I still will be covering stuff that is not necessarily in my book. However, it's dark and hell is hot is in my CD book. Um, for now, I think that's pretty much everything. Oh, oh, almost forgot. Sorry. Next interview is going to be a dope-ass interview with my guy, Coda Kid. So make sure y'all check that out. That's going to be Friday, 9.30 uh, Eastern Time, 8.30 Central Time. So just in case, you know, my affiliation is with, like, the Dallas-Houston area so super excited about that um make sure you check out uh the artists that i post for majors on records and make sure you check out the vibe sessions love them down nephi raps that is my girl imani my baby my twin um aside from that that's pretty much it so 
you've tuned into another episode of Kicking It With Young Smooth. Now, don't you feel better about it? I know you do. Because, goddammit, if not, you wouldn't listen for a, an hour and 20 some odd goddamn minutes out here. Shit, this is ridiculous. I done bad my whole damn soul to y'all people. Now, please, listen to it. Share it, like it, and subscribe it. Now, peace. Because, fuck it, I'm just ending this shit. All right. I love y'all. I'll see y'all next week. Peace.